Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. All right, so you guys ready to get into God's Word today? So we're, 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 we're in a series called POV, Point of View. We're studying the words of Jesus. And this is week five. It's been powerful. Uh, and uh, today I'm going to talk about a very practical but challenging verse. Talking about loving your enemies. Loving your enemies. And uh, now I will say if you wore Chief's jersey uh, to my church today, God might strike you with lightning. I can't help you, uh, but um, we still love you, and, uh, and, and we're praying for God's mercy over you today. <laughs> you know, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl several years ago for the first time, um, I held up a shirt that said, just let me win one before I die, and then I, I sent that to my father, and, uh, and so it's just so funny. Now he's seeing a second one, and uh, it's just been, it's been so great, but I was thinking about the first one, uh, and we were all down on Center City. We had this great party, and uh, I, there was a picture taken of myself, and at the time, my firstborn, my six-month-old, Maverick, uh, with Cheo and his son, Josiah, and it was just such a sweet moment and a sweet memory, like one of the best nights of my life for for sure. And, uh, and then uh, we also were outside marching around after, and uh, th th we took this photograph um, outside. Isn't that awesome? And, and it, man, it was, the best way I could describe it, it was like the perfect night. It, it was picture perfect. Picture perfect. And uh, when I got married, uh, I stood at the altar, and my wife said, they say there's no thing, no such thing as perfection. But when I look at you, you're perfect. I'm lying. She didn't say that. <laughs> she did not say that. But I imagine that she did. And today I want to preach a message. I want to preach a message titled Picture Perfect. Look at your neighbor and tell them you're almost perfect. Almost Almost, almost. Unless you're engaged, tell them they're perfect. <laughs> if you've been married for like less than a year, they might still be perfect. All right, so we've heard the phrase, right? We've heard the phrase, uh, perfection doesn't exist. And um, well, that's, I guess, in a sense, true. It's really not. Perfection does exist. Um, you know, people, my friends, got a lot of haters. I know a lot of folks tuning in around the world today because Philadelphia is the place to be. I got, a lot of, I got a lot of haters because people just, they hate our team. They don't understand. They think we're rude. They, like, like, people don't like Philadelphia, and I love that. I like that. It makes it difficult to hire people from out of state, but I do love I do love that. And uh, some people just don't understand, Joey, why, why are you raising your family in Philadelphia? Why'd you start a church in Philadelphia? Why, why are you doing ministry in such a difficult 
place. Why do you, why do you, why are you cheering for a team like that with fans like that? You know, just people say stupid stuff all the time. And, uh, and like, here's the thing. I don't blame people who are, you know, in nice, cushy Southern suburbs, you know, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm mad at them. They just don't understand. They don't understand because the thing is, 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 is perfection is not really found uh, in, I guess, the things we do. Uh, perfection is really found in Christ. And we, we, we arrive, uh, a picture-perfect life is not you living sinlessly. A picture-perfect life is, is you living the will of your Father. And so for me, in my house, God called us to serve the Lord in this place. And if people don't understand that, then they don't understand that. But I'm living a picture-perfect life. Not without faults, not without trouble, not without challenges, but I'm in the will of God. The will of God is the perfect place to be, even when it's not perfect. And Jesus, our Savior, he is perfect. And we arrive, we live within this place, not out of arrogance, not out of pride, but out of surrender. And I want to go to a passage today that, um, that causes us to be perfect for us to live it. Bible says in Matthew 5, 43, you've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. All right, so let me give you a little context here, right? So Matthew 5 is wild, all right? Uh, Jesus has just finished standing on the mountain and preaching the Beatitudes. If you're not familiar with those are, it's just this beautiful, poetic, glorious sermon on the mount, on this mountain where, where he's saying, blessed are you, you know, if you're poor in spirit and the meek will inherit the earth. And he gives all these, this beautiful, loving, poetic, glorious hopeful, encouraging phrases, and it's awesome. It's probably some of Jesus' most famous words, which we can tackle at another time. But then, just, I don't know, a few verses later, he says all this lovely, encouraging stuff where it's just like, man, I just, I want to cuddle up on my blanket, and I want to, I want to worship and say, thank you, Jesus, and I want to sing Kumbaya. And then... Jesus is like, and by the way, um, we know that murder is bad, but if you hate your brother and your sister, well, you're a murderer. Whoa, 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 Jesus. Like we were just chilling, man. This was good. And then that just kind of took like a, like, a, like a dark turn. He's like, hey, adultery is bad, right? Well, hey, if you even look at a woman lustfully in your heart, you've committed adultery. Hmm. Then he's like, hey, like, be a person of your word. Like, 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 divorce is not something I'm about. Like, all, he just goes into all this stuff where it's just like, you know, I was hopeful earlier, and now I feel a little bit hopeless. And I love this because it really does show the diversity of Christ's message. 
It shows uh, both a glorious and beautiful, uh, a wonderful and, and really a mysterious kind of love and majesty, but also a very practical uh, in, uh, invitation to follow him, knowing that unless he's first, unless he's king, unless he reigns, unless he lives through you, you ain't getting the other stuff right. He's perfect. I'm not. And so I want to kind of go to Matthew 5.38. I want to start here. Um, Jesus goes, you heard it it said, eye for eye and tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, we'll hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go to one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Heavy stuff. I love the, I love the phrase, uh, don't just go with somebody one mile, go, go with them two miles. I love that because, uh, well, the thing is, is, is I think it's a, it, it's a great illustration for how we should function in society. For instance, when you go to work, don't just go to work and just do enough to get by. Go and shine. Go succeed. Go work hard. Uh, go bring Christ into the mix. When somebody needs your help, uh, don't just barely help them through. Like, help them thrive. Help them succeed. Don't give people handouts. Give them hand-ups. I mean, this is what Jesus is saying in a lot of ways. He's like, guys, like you wear my name. Like, please don't act a fool. Like give your best effort. Love that. He also says this, which I think we should dive into. He's like, hey, if somebody smacks you on one cheek, turn the other one. We've heard that before, right? How many of you practice that? Um, what is Jesus really referencing? Well, I think we see this in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty 20, that this is probably more representative of an insult slap. I say that because um, it, it, Jesus definitely is foreshadowing him on the cross and being beaten, being accused, wrongly accused, and doing nothing. So there's validity to that. But, but I think even more so what, what we understand about the moment is, is if somebody says something harsh to you, you don't need to respond with curse back. You remember the old uh, phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. They lied to you. That's a lie. It's definitely a lie because honestly, sometimes it's better for you to break an arm than for your heart to be broken. It takes longer to heal from somebody's words and word curses over you. And so it's like, whoa, Jesus, like, hey, man, I'm trying to protect myself. And a lot of times what, what happens is, is, is when somebody sends a, a nasty word to you, we're quick to respond with hate. And what that does is in, and respond in anger or, or, or respond viciously or, or whatever it is. And what, what that does actually is when you respond with anger, you're actually opening up a door for more of that to get in you. It's toxic. What Jesus is saying is like, hey, listen, 
Like if somebody insults you, like be grounded enough in me. And while it may hurt, go to me and allow me to heal you versus starting a fight that's only going to create more problems. This is what he's saying. Well, Jesus, I don't know, man. Like I got to defend my honor. I got to defend my block. I got to defend my street. I got to defend my family. And yeah, I think that's true. You, you absolutely do. And I, I think that's right. But I, I also think that sometimes we are obsessed with immediate justice and think that that's what life's all about. Somebody getting theirs and you getting yours. And it's like, hey, well, to be honest with you, justice is God's job and it's God's timing. And sometimes when somebody's wrong to you, you got to turn around, you got to walk away or you got to respond and say, I, I love you anyway and I'm praying for you and just so you know that really hurts but I serve the ultimate healer and while your words are vicious my God is faithful easier said than done no pun intended but it's still what he's calling us to I was uh, I was in Florida this past week and uh, I do like to be a little bit uh, oriented or I, I like conflict I'm going to just confess it to you, looking for a fight. And, uh, and so I'm in Florida. I was officiating a wedding. They brought me in to, to, to do this wedding. And um, I was, I literally at the dinner, I prayed that the Eagles would win the Super Bowl, like at the dinner. Like I was like fighting with people at the wedding. And, uh, and then this one guy comes up to me and he's like, hey man, are you like a real minister or did you like, like order something online? I was like, why, why are you asking me? He's like, wow, you're a little aggressive, man. You know, like, <laughs> I was in Super Bowl week, you know. But, but we, were, we were kidding around and he's like, hey, you know, I've been listening to this. I'm a real minister, by the way. I, 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 I've been listening. He's like, there's, there's ministers in Philadelphia. So anyway, he's like, I've been listening to this philosopher, Jordan Peterson. And he's like, I don't think he's a Christian, but like he's, he's making me think about God. God will use any means necessary, by the way. He, he really will. And he's like, I've been thinking about God. He's like, he's like, I, I, he's like I, 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 so I started reading the Old Testament. He's like, is Jesus really true? Like, I don't understand the blood and stuff. And so this turned into three hours worth of conversation. And like, I, I just kind of knew, man, I wasn't just there for a wedding. Uh, and, and so I'm standing outside of, of my hotel. It's one o'clock in the morning. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm like, this is the one night I don't have children. <laughs> I'm like, Lord. But we're having this like powerful moment. And he's like, I, was like, I don't understand because I, he's like, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm reading the Old Testament. And it's, like, it's like, like, I sense God's values. I feel God's values. But it's like, it's like, it's kind of, it feels like impossible. He's like, you got all the, the laws of, of Moses and, and all these, these rules and they're, they, they've got to pray and they've got to sacrifice and they got to shed blood. And, and I'm like, listen, I said, you need to stop reading the Old Testament for a moment. I said, you need to go read the book of John. Start there. I said, I want you to get a context for Jesus because you're going to begin to see Jesus all through the Old Testament. You're going to see yourself as the Hebrew people who continue to miss it and don't measure up. And your only hope is Jesus. Yeah. And he's like, well, Jesus is just, he's kind of like Tony Robbins. 
If you don't know who Tony Robbins is, I don't know much, but I think he's a motivational speaker. He's like, Jesus is just here to kind of wave and make everybody's life better and and just say, hey, you want a healing, you know, you want a hug, you know, you want to be blessed. You want to... I'm like, bro, that is not who Jesus is. There's a reason they didn't crucify. They're not crucifying Tony Robbins. Okay. There's a reason they killed Jesus. And he's like, tell me more. I was like, well, you've heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But Jesus is like, love your enemy. You've heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. I was like practicing my sermon for the weekend. He's like, he's like, but Jesus is like, hey, turn the other cheek. I'm like, bro, I'm sorry. Jesus didn't come to make your life better. He came to disrupt your life. He came to make you a little bit uncomfortable. He said, hey, come follow me in every valley, on every mountaintop. And man, it'll be an adventure, but listen, it won't be easy. This is not like, hey, if you follow this little plan, uh, then, you know, you'll lose 50 pounds. And like, man, you'll be able to walk on hot coal and conquer all your fears. Say, no, man, Jesus came literally to have all of you. Because why? Because you and I were sinners. At the core of who we are, man, we're just, we, we, we are, we are, Dirty, rotten, murderers, adulterers, thieves. I mean, the list goes on. And, if, and I'm like, brother, if you really think about your life, he's like, I'm prideful. I said, well, you're worse than everybody. That's the worst one. He's like, oh, that's what Jesus is all about. I'm the worst one. And you're telling me Jesus wants me. But I got to go sacrifice a lamb. I said, no, brother. He is the lamb. This whole passage, love your enemies. You gotta be perfect. But the Bible tells me that he who knew no sin became sin. <laughs> well, you and I were enemies. He took on our sin. And because of that, you and I are now the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. Meaning, when God looks at us, he doesn't see an adulterer, a murderer, a thief, a sinner. He sees Jesus. He sees picture perfect. For you and I, that means we can love our enemies when Christ lives through us.
I want to jump down to verse 45 because I, I think it's important for you to, to hear this. Jesus goes, in this way or in that way, you will be acting as true children of God. Excuse me, of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. We need to understand this. As we practically live out the righteousness of Christ in our life and love our enemies and turn the other cheek, as we live the will of God, which is the perfect picture of what it's meant to be a believer, we have to, we have to understand that, that, that the rain, the, 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 the good things that we deem good in life, sometimes they fall on the, on the righteous and, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it, it, it falls on the wicked and, and sometimes it doesn't. It's one of the great mysteries of living. Because the reality is that sometimes our enemies, we look at them and we go, how come they got it all? How come my coworker who never reads my email and bothers me, they ask me a thousand questions a day. That's me, by the way. Like, like how they are my enemy, my employer, who, who is, who's rude to me and awful to me and abuses me. Like, like how come they just keep gaining and I feel stuck? My enemy, what if, what if your enemy is your spouse? What if your enemy is the person you're co-parenting with? What, what if your enemy is... Is those that used to be your friends or I don't know, but I do know is when we've got something in our heart against somebody, it's easy to form an enemy. And when I think about Job or even the journey of the Israelites, right? We, we see Job who has it all and the enemy, the devil, he comes to the footstool of God and says, I bet I can get Job to turn against you. And God's like, there's no way he's righteous. And God's like, you can do anything, but you can't kill him. And Job loses everything. He loses his wealth and his family and his friends and all this stuff. And it's just like, God, what's the deal, man? Like, why is it raining on this righteous brother? But the thing is, is God will not be mocked. God is not a lie. His time is just not your time. And I, I promise you, as we follow the principles of scripture, as we follow the principles of Jesus, at some point, justice will be served, whether in this life or in the next. But the thing is, is you can't look around and go, these people are my enemies and somehow they got more money than me, more stuff than me. Like, how is this possible? And allow this to fester in my heart. Because the Bible says that the telling characteristic of being a true child of the father is that we love our enemies. And sometimes we love more than our enemies or even more than God, what 
kind of stuff our enemies have. And I'm just telling you, we cannot be circumstantial in how we release our love and our commitment to the principles in Scripture. In other words, whether I'm going through pain or sickness or struggle or trial, or whether somebody else is going through a great season of harvest or increase, like uh, whatever's happening, I'm called to love Jesus, be righteous, him live his life through me and love those. Because the reality, friends, is, is as a believer, you are called to bring those people to Jesus. And, and that's the hardest part in so much of this, guys, because, because people that have wronged us and have hurt us and have failed us and have said awful things about us, like, like it's really hard to stare at their Instagrams and at their life and love them. But if we start to pray for them, God might put a supernatural love for them inside of us. I'm not saying you shouldn't have boundaries. I'm not saying certain people aren't toxic. I'm just saying at the end of the day, you can still pray for somebody you need to stay away from. A lot of us, we stay angry, unhealed, and we stay out of God's blessing and favor because we've got anger and hurt in our heart. And instead of giving it to God, we direct that energy towards those people. What I'm trying to tell you, friends, is that we must pray for our enemies. It's hard. It's hard to pray for our government sometimes and our politicians who somehow enter, enter politics with nothing and they leave with more than any of us. It's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to, to lay this down and go, I got to trust you with this Jesus. But you can. You can. Why? Why? Because Romans 5.10, here's the gospel. Let me read it to you. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? In other words, no matter what you think of everybody else, you were God's enemy. And the reality is, is God didn't choose one day. Oh, you messed up today. Well, I'm feeling some sort of way today. I'm not offering you grace today. I'm feeling some sort of way today. I don't really like what you did. I'm not offering you love today. I'm not offering you forgiveness today. That is not what my Bible tells me. My Bible tells me this, that I was an enemy and I was far from God, but because of Jesus who knew no sin became sin so I could be the righteousness of God. What I know is this, that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. The new is here. What I know is this, when I confess my sins, right? He's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from unrighteousness. What I know is that my sins are as far as the east is to the west. This is what I know. This is what my Bible tells me. And because of this, because of this, and because of the righteousness that is now on me because of Christ who lives through me, I can pray for and love my enemies, even if they're enemies. 
As I close, I want to read verse 46. The Bible says, if you, if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. Our lives must look different than the world believer. Do you hear me? We claim to have something that others do not have. We claim to be renewed, repentant, and redeemed by Jesus. Therefore, our life must look that way. We do, in fact, have something that others do not have. We are restored. We have a power that others do not have. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We have the Spirit of God dwelling within us. We have a better future than others do. We have heaven. And verse 48, here's the sticking point as I close. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Did you see what I just read? But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Guys, at the end of the day, look at me. Every location. If anyone, if anyone actually was perfect and could live that way, okay, they would be greater than all the prophets and they would be equal to Jesus. But as I've laid out and the case that I've made today is the reality is this, only Jesus lived a perfect life. And thank God that he sent Jesus to do so. Because without Jesus, we would have one option to be perfect. And by the way, you want to get to heaven? You got to be perfect. You want to live for eternal life? You got to be perfect. And without Jesus, here's how you and I would have had to be perfect. We would have had to follow every single law. We would be smelly and hairy We would be sacrificing lambs. We would be stressed out constantly. We would be running and forever running and losing the race. We would never get it, which is exactly what the Jewish people did and did over and over again, which led them into slavery, which led them into running from God, which led them into exile, which led them to miss out on God's favor and blessing, which led them into complaining that God provided bread from heaven and meat from heaven, but it was never enough because they couldn't measure up. That's your chance. That's it. That's it. So good luck to all of us to ever get to heaven when we die. We deserve hell. So whatever you think of yourself, God bless you. But that's what we deserve. The only chance we had or the only chance we got is if Jesus is who he says he is. If Jesus really did live a perfect life, if Jesus really is God, if he died on the cross and rose again, and when we receive him and believe him, and when we do that, we become, and we live and we follow him, we become a life living inside his will, which means we become righteous. 
which means in essence, our sins are gone and perfection is what God sees because he sees his son in us. Do you have to be perfect? Are you going to miss it? Are you going to make mistakes? Are you going to fail sometimes? Of course. But we got to keep coming back to Jesus. We got to keep coming back to our knees. We got to keep coming back to worship. We got to keep coming back to his words. We got to keep coming back and drawing near to him and say, God, fill me again. Fill me with your son. Clean me and restore me and renew me and perfect me. I want to be in your will. And when you do that, friends, that's picture perfect. So I want to set every location. I want us to stand to our feet today. Nobody moving. Nobody moving. Bow your head, close your eyes. Let's, let, let's ask this most important question today. Are you far from God? Do you have sin in your life? Are you not where you need to be? Maybe at one point you were following him, but you're not anymore. Or maybe you've never invited Jesus in your life. You, you, you in essence, are an enemy of God, but today he wants to make you friend that's you in this place. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want to get right with God or begin a journey with God, I want to see your hand in the air right now. We want to pray for you. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Come on, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. You're saying, I need to get right with God today. I need to start again today. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Man, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. Locations. You're saying, I, I'm far from God. I, I'm an enemy of God. I, I, I need him to save me today. I need to get back on track today. Come on, lift it up. We just want to pray over you and cover you if that's you at a location today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I see you. Team, help us. Help us, team. At locations, man, the Holy Spirit is there. Don't miss this moment. I want us all to pray this prayer together. It's not magic. It's a starting point, but it is a declaration of faith. The Bible says when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. That's what we're going to do today. Let's pray this together as one church family. Let's say, Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for me. Please forgive me of my sin today. Make me righteous. Make me new. Transform my life. Make me a new creation. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. Raise me to new life like you were raised in Jesus' name. Man, if you prayed that prayer today, we believe you are saved. Heaven is your destiny. Your best days are ahead. Come on, it may not get easier, but it's going to get better. A lot of proud church. Let's give it up for all those who crossed the line of faith today. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.